Well, <clears throat> thank you for allowing me to be gone last week. I went to a, a minister's conference and uh, really felt like the Spirit renewed me during that time. And then I walked up to somebody in one of these uh, front pews here this morning and I said, uh, Hey, I'm glad to be back. And she said, Were you gone? <laughs> I didn't notice we had a good preacher. <laughs> I tell you what, what, one of the things I want you to do is to uh, to be a little warmer to our guest. And so uh, in the back there are <clears throat> these cards. A, a little warmer response than what I got up here. There are these cards and, and we want you to take some with you and we want you to to, to hand them out. Somebody may be having a bad day this week and just slide it across the desk. Slide across the desk and come worship with us on Palm Sunday. We'd love for you to come. We don't have a church home. Uh, it's a way for us to reach out in the name of Christ. And so there's some cards. gives all the information. Map of the church. And, and, and also try to tell them that you'll be there if you can. Well, little boy was Memorizing his scripture in Psalm 23 was the passage, verse 1. You know it. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, he had worked very, very hard at this. And, and, and he was ready to recite it. And maybe it was his nerves, but I think it was his heart. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's what I really want. <laughs> now, he wasn't off theologically, and he surely wasn't off devotionally. We continue in a series entitled, Who is Jesus? And you know, for over 20 centuries, there have been theologians and scholars who delved into the life of Christ. And that's been helpful. But in many ways, most of us are not in that category. And so what we do is we take a look at Scripture and the self-identifying words of Jesus. And we look at the life of Christ and the way He describes Himself. And, and we've been walking through that during this season of Lent. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the vine. And in me the branches bear much fruit. I am the light. A light that enters into a dark world. Today we look at I am the great shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And my sheep hear my voice. Let us pray. <clears throat> God, we thank you for the revelation of your presence all around us. The Bradford pears. Cherry trees in bloom. The wisteria and dogwoods. The foldage beauty of creation, life anew. And we sense that winter is 
closing out and, and spring is being ushered in. And in the same way, we ask that you would renew the life of your spirit in us. We thank you that we've been born anew. And now we pray that that Holy Spirit will instill within us not only eternal life, but abundant life that is found in the Good Shepherd. And so, Lord, as one who helps to shepherd a flock, I look to you as the Good Shepherd. So be my words. Be in our prayers. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Well, who is Jesus? Well, Jesus uses a metaphor that is very helpful for us. He says, I am a shepherd to my sheep. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus was always effective at speaking to the Jewish person. And he uses a strong agricultural metaphor that's even helpful for us today. And so I invite you to follow along in your message notes this morning as we look at the role of a shepherd. And we find in the Old Testament and in the New Testament passages where the shepherd takes ownership in that relationship that he has with the flock. Daily, we know that a shepherd examines this precious animal for him from head to hoof. Daily looking for skin disorders, making sure there are no worms or any kind of diseases. And in fact, in today's agricultural setting, you would find that, that the modern shepherd would act, is actually one who tags the sheep. A branding from the ranch that that sheep is a part of. A tag on the ear, a marking. You see, that's for the purpose that if it were to wander, another shepherd would know for whom it belongs. But not for the shepherd who oversees that flock where that sheep belongs, that lamb, that you. For he knows his sheep. The tagging is really for someone else. And we find that the shepherd takes that ownership because he interacts and there's an affinity, there's an affection, there's a personal interest in every one of those living beings that is in his care, for which he stewards. So the role of the shepherd in the midst of the nature of, of the sheep. We know that sheep are not the smartest animals around. Clueless might be a word that we could use to describe sheep. In fact, a 40-pound lamb, lamb could easily jump into a six-inch square hole, thinking I can pass through here, but it just doesn't have the logic to move away from danger. Yet even though they have a powerful flocking instinct, and they have a tremendous need to belong, they are wanderers. I think of the Old Testament scripture. We like sheep have all gone.
Isaiah says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. That's what I really want. That's what I really need. And so I want to submit to you this morning that the shepherd offers to the sheep what Christ offers to us. The shepherd is to the flock what Christ is to us. And the good shepherd guides, leads. If you're filling in the blank, the word is guides. He leads. He guides me along the right paths, David says in Psalm 23, for his namesake. He guides, interestingly enough, a shepherd guides in one way with his voice. In John 10, verses 2 and 4, the shepherd, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought them out, all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow because they know his voice. And so we, we, we sense a lot of things in terms of the way the shepherd guides. And one is he gets out in front. front. You can't really herd sheep from behind. You've got to be in front if you're a shepherd. And that's what Christ is to us. He precedes us. He goes before us. Just as a shepherd does with his flock. And as he gets out in front of them, he speaks with his voice. You see, Jesus probably saw this in that Palestinian setting. It's, it, it's a scene that he would have known 2,000 years ago. Shepherds bringing their flocks home from various pastures, and, and they have grazed during the day. They come all gathered at one watering hole because Water was hard to come by. And what would happen is the sheep would get mixed up with other herds, other flock. So how would they delineate between them? How would they separate them out? Well, some had a special whistle or a particular tune or a pitch to their voice or a pipe, a reed pipe. And immediately when they heard that, one shepherd at a time, flock would move toward the shepherd. Why? Because they knew the shepherd's voice. And he knows the sheep. Last week while I was at a conference, I was able to uh, take my dad out to eat for his birthday. And uh, his wife went to run an errand. And she came back, but while she was out, he and I were looking at some of his dormant roses, and he was telling me the names of them. And there was a field right next to his house, and I kind of meandered out there and just looked and saw some of the developments building up around that field. And my dad called my name and said, Tim, she's here. And I want you to know that little boy in me leaped up. Because that was the same voice from the same man with almost the, with the same intonation that I heard calling my name when I was five and seven, playing until late into the dark. And it was time to come home. 
And so that little boy just kind of leaped up into my throat. And it was one of those moments where I, I felt like I, I had been here before. I knew his voice. That's my daddy. And in the same way, sheep respond to the intonation and voice and the guidance that comes from the sound of their shepherd. And the wonderful thing for us today is that voice calls out to us. And it's one that's familiar. And it's one that desires to guide and direct. And even if we have a loved one, that maybe they were a part of the church and, and, and we helped raise them in the life of the church, I really believe that there are those moments, even in the wandering one, when they hear the shepherd's voice and there's something that leaps up in them. And he guides with his staff, not only his voice. <coughs> the staff aids the shepherd in guiding the sheep so they don't go astray. And he, he reaches out and in a loving but intentional way, he nudges with his staff. He, he taps one that is wandering off. And occasionally, a lamb will fall into a crevice of a certain place, and he uses that shepherd's crook to get to a place where, where he couldn't go himself. And so one of the roles uh, of that staff is, is to give guidance and, and encouragement and, and, and care. It's no mistake that David said in Psalm 23, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I really believe that staff brings comfort, that, that nudging that we experience in Christ through the Holy Spirit. But he protects as well. Not only does he guide, but the shepherd protects. Safety is key from the predators and from thieves. And the rod, if you look at your message notes, you'll see a, a distinguishing breakout of those images. The, you, you've got the staff that looks like the question mark, the large extended instrument that he would use to guide courage. Then there's the rod. This is a little more aggressive in terms of tools that he would use. And in some cases, he would use it for correction. And in some cases, the shepherd would use it for inspection, pulling back the wave of wool and looking for anything that may harm or hurt the sheep, the lamb. Pulling back the folds of fur and wool to apply oil and sap. And when there would be a beast or wild animal, he could use the rough side, almost like jagged end of a rod, to swipe at a foe of the lamb. And I think of that scripture, if God is for us, who could be against us? In and of ourselves, we cannot <coughs> defeat our enemy, but God stands in the balance. As a protector, 
And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so what we find in the shepherd, we find the image of Christ. We, we find that Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd, one who will guide if we will simply listen. One who will direct if we will respond to the nudgings. Just this week, in a strange kind of way, there's a family that, uh, that we know from another church. They were visiting, and, and, and they came by the parsonage. In fact, we let them spend the night. They were going up to Tennessee, and they were going to see their daughter, who's in a drug treatment program. And our relationship continues in a special way, and, and, and so because of your hospitality and that beautiful parsonage, we let them bed down upstairs in Jordan's room. Bless their hearts. <laughs> we put them in a teenager's room. But we cleaned it first. And, 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 and so we put them up there. And, and the hospitality was, was a good thing, and, and it was a gracious moment. And we were getting them out of I-75 so they could get back up north. And we, we wanted to show them the church, and I was so proud of the church, and I showed them around the church. And we got them back towards 75, and I, and I just felt like the Lord said, Tim, I want you to fill up the tank. And, and I, it was just a kind of a weird kind of feeling. And I, and I was like, now, I'm preaching on the nudging this Sunday. Tim, I want you to fill up their tank. Now, I, I don't want this to be about me. But my point is, there are those moments where the Lord calls us to do something. He guides us, and it's no mistake, especially if it were to fall within His will. Because His will is for us to be generous, right? And so I had Him pull off, and we filled it up. He didn't know quite what to say except thanks. And I said, this is what I wanted to do. It was a moment of nudging. And I would have been disobedient if I had not responded. <laughs> That's the bigger part of the story. And there was joy. And so God calls us. He guides us. He, he protects us. But this shepherd is like none other. I wonder if that's why he said, I'm the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Because I think this delineates him from all other shepherds. For we find that there are other shepherds. And as Charles read for us, there was one who might be motivated by financial concerns. And when in the heat of the moment, when there's pressure, when there's something threatening, they dash off. Their priority is not the sheep. Their priority is their own life. And so this one separates out the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. You may have heard the story, I recall it in England, where there was there was a, a fire, it was a they call them flats, an apartment fire. And there was a single man. He had friendship with the widow and her young teenage son next door. 
he developed this friendship because their apartments were right next to each other. And he would take the young boy to go see cricket, something we don't see in the and, and he would take the young boy to see soccer game. Just really invested in this young man. Well, one night there was a fire. It was the fire in the apartment complex, and he smelled smoke under the door, and, and he pushed open his door, and he could see that there was a raging fire in their apartment. And so, with his hands, he he pressed in on the door and could not get it to go. He kicked it down. Inside, there were other doors closed. He opened them up. He could see that the woman had been overcome. He could hear the coughing of the young boy. He, he pushed against boards that were aflame. He carried the young boy out while others worked with the mother. She died, but he survived. But now what? He has no parents. Uh, court was held a couple of weeks later, and, and there were family members from distant places. They didn't really know the young boy very well, but they were related. They were uh, kinfolk, and so they came, and they stood before the judge, and they said, he should be rightly ours. We can provide a family for him. They had their credentials. They had their financial records. A lot of things pointing in the direction that he should go to this family. And here was this man who loved this young boy, who had given of himself in many ways, who had really saved his life. He didn't have the means that the other family had. And so the judge said, do you feel that you could support this young man? What are your credentials? And with bandaged hands, he raised up his arms and said, this is really all I have. You see, what separates Jesus as good shepherd from all other shepherds is he said, I choose to lay down my life, sacrifice. I will give my life for the sake of the sheep. We moved toward Holy Week in just a couple of weeks. Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. And he says, I am the Good Shepherd. Words weren't necessary for him because we have seen him. And the greatest act of love and all of history. The world has never been loved like this before, with the kind of love that this shepherd has shown us. The Lord is my shepherd. It's all I really want. It's all I really need. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you have taught us to lead through example in the ways we relate to our family and colleagues and the church members, people in this community. The kind of love that invests in others, that cares for others. And we thank you that that is in small what you have done for us. 
So today, Lord, if there's someone here, if there's someone here that hears the nudging and feels the nudging and hears your voice, you say as the Good Shepherd, come unto me. Come unto me. For your rod and your staff bring comfort.